Welcome to Let's Face the Facts. I'm David Almeida, and I'm your host for this rewatch podcast for the classic sitcom, The Facts of Life. I'm an actor in Orlando, Florida, and every week I synopsize, analyze, criticize, and ultimately idolize the show episode by episode. Join me as I talk about TV, entertainment, nostalgia, and pop culture with some of the greatest talent that Central Florida has to offer. Hey guys, happy Wednesday. This week, we've got another show via Skype. So again, I pre-apologize for any inconsistencies in sound quality, but I've got a great guest because this week, Matthew Arder is back. He really wanted to be a part of the three episodes at the beginning of this season that firmly establish the premise of the new format of the show now that we're moving over to Edna's Edibles. So it's like, of course, Matthew, let's do this. Let's get it done. Before we get started, got a couple of housekeeping things to take care of. First of all, uh, there was a listener that had alerted me that Mrs. Garrett had at one time driven a cab that she said that she did that back in her youth and she mentioned it on the interview show at the end of season six. Well, that was listener Brian F. who alerted me. I couldn't find the message that was sent to me to be able to thank him properly. So thank you, Brian, who is a longtime listener and uh, devoted supporter of the show. So thank you for that. Secondly, I'm on Sarah Hanchar's podcast this week. Remember Sarah Hanchar was on my show? She did the For the Asking Sadie Hawkins show earlier in season four. Well, Sarah has a great podcast called Hi, I Think You're Nice. And it's a show where she has me on as her guest. And I talk about, guess what? The facts of life. So if you want to give a listen to that and hear me babble even more then I will put the link in the show notes so you can listen to her show. And lastly, I have a new Tutti Fruity to welcome to the Patreon supporters. Welcome to Matthew C. Matthew is actually a very good friend of mine, and uh, he and his other half, and I've known them for a long time, I believe more than a decade, I think decades actually would be uh, the word to use, which is kind of uh, crazy, but... Anyhow, I want to send him some love. If you want to be like Matthew C. and support the show, you can head on over to patreon.com slash fatesthefactspod, and you can support the show for as little as a dollar a month. And if you don't want to pay money to listen and you just want to listen to a damn podcast for free, I feel you. Believe me. And I promise I'm going to keep doing the show, and I'm going to do everything I can to make sure it's always free. Now, let's get to this week's show. This week, Matthew Arter and I watched Season 5, Episode 3, Gamma Gamma, or Bust, and the original air date was September 28th, 1983. I think we're ready to jump on in, kids. Let's face the facts with Matthew Arter. Matthew Arter, as I live Welcome. and breathe. Welcome. Welcome, listeners, to the Matthew and David Show. Okay. Yeah. I feel like after three, uh, like shows, I go above like recurring character and become maybe like a like a like a featured player. Maybe. I don't know. Well, you you might. uh, I think your agent should be talking and making negotiations like that. So, um, how about we table that for a later time? Okay. All right. All right. 
Well, welcome back to the show. Three in a row. And after this one, I won't be mad if you don't have me back the whole season, but I will be. But after this episode, (laughs) all is right in the facts of life universe, ladies and gentlemen. Yes, indeed. We now have the episode where we bring Blair into the fold, and now Edna's Edibles is fully established, and we officially have the show that is the the new facts of life. The facts of life. Uh, the facts of life season five. Um, <laughs> and because these writers, God bless them. They waited until the very last second Did. to get Blair back on board. Like yeah, I, believe... I remember watching it the first time being like, we've got to get her back on board. And they made <laughs> me wait till the end of the episode to see it. <sighs> yeah, I believe the term you used uh, last time was tickling the balls. Yes. <laughs> They did. So Matthew and I just watched season five, episode three, Gamma Gamma or Bust. Yes, we did. And Matthew is like bouncing up and down. He's so excited. It was directed by Mr. Asad Kalada, who does direct the majority of episodes this season, not all of them as in season four. And it was written by, good Lord, a team of writers here. Story by George Tricker and Neil Rosen. Teleplay by George Tricker and Neil Rosen and Andy Borowitz. It's like the two of them were like, we've got this story, but fuck, we don't know how to put it into words. Let's get this Andy guy to help us out. Uh, Now, just FYI, George Tricker and Neil Rosen, they are involved with many shows. Uh, The thing they were most involved with was Too Close for Comfort. They did 19 to 20 of those and uh, several Silver Spoons as well. (laughs) Several Silver Spoons. (laughs) That is not easy for somebody like me with a speech impediment to say, David. (laughs) (laughs) And then we have Andy Borowitz, who helped with a teleplay. He created a little show you may have heard of called The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. Hmm. Yeah, and uh, he is involved in four more episodes writing-wise, and then he's also an executive story editor for six other shows. So Andy Borowitz uh, is is very involved in season five of Facts of Life, but then quickly takes off for Pastures Superior uh, because, you know, Facts of Life is a great show. It's no Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. Thank God. <laughs> so we begin uh, right at the top of the show. Where are we, Matthew? We are in Edna's Edibles! Yay! And how does it look, Matthew? It looks gloriously 1983, David. It is so brown and rusty and rustic and yeah. everything. It's, it is completely... We saw it in two different stages in the last two episodes. Yeah. We saw it in Shithole. We saw it in its metaphase. And now... We are fully up and running, and it it is the set. It is gorgeous. There are you know breads and cheeses and counters and yeah. And but it's, we still have the Eastland School in the opening credits until the mm-hmm. next episode. The yeah. next episode. Yeah, because I guess because Blair 
you know, by your admission, because we don't have Blair actually living under the roof. It's like, it ain't the show yet. It ain't right. there yet. And so. um, I hope next episode, whoever you have on, you will remember to discuss how the opening shot for mm-hmm. the new Facts of Life, how Edna's Edibles is backwards, and it's a window that doesn't exist yeah. on the actual set. And it's a picture of us. It was almost... It was the the um, what do they call it? The model that they that they were gonna build, but they didn't build it. Like I don't know. Oh, it's not like a set. scale model, like a little version. I don't know. Huh? I don't, I don't know. An artist rendering of what Edna's Edibles was gonna look like, because that window isn't doesn't exist with Edna's Edibles written on it. Yeah, that's very in weird. the place that it, they have it. Anyway, anyway, and it, so. and it should be backwards because you should be looking out right. the window. Yeah, right. very, very strange. Uh, anyhow, so we are in Edna's Edibles. The shop is up and running. And first thing out the gate, Joe and Mrs. Garrett are, they're Aaron Sorkining. They're walking and talking at the same time. Yes. And Joe is all in business mode. And she's saying, Mrs. G, the shop is still in the red. Yeah. And she's like, we've got to streamline. We've got to do what the car manufacturers do. Uh, honestly, I like Joe as the business person. I love mm-hmm. the times in the show. And I feel like it's not always that way. Like it's not something they fully committed to throughout no. these two seasons. Am I right? Yeah. They they never fully like called her the manager or anything. But clearly uh, she's the manager. Yeah. And, and I like that. And it's a good role for her. And because Joe is so blunt and practical, that's a, that's a funny combination comedically to have the manager right. uh, be that person. Uh, it's good. And, uh, and I'll point out, you've been open two weeks, girl. We're still in the red. Oh, really? Yeah. Because most businesses, particularly <laughs> food businesses, they turn a profit in two weeks, don't they? Yeah. Of course they do. Of course they do. Wow. This is also, um, again, I will remind our dear listeners that there's an extra layer of comedy when you think of Edna's Edibles as a drug friend. <laughs> I completely forgot. Yes. I meant to do that. For the rest of the season. I got to do that Edna's better. Yeah. Just remember to think of it as a drug friend. <laughs> um a costuming note I wrote things not to do for teenage girls with weight problems put them in a white apron that ties around the waist <sighs> bless their hearts I I feel bad for them yeah like, they should not have been subjected to that and I wish somebody on that set would have been like how about we don't make them wear aprons that tie around their waist or white ones how about we don't make them wear white ones like yeah no, uh, I, I agree. It is it is problematic because Mindy Cohn and Kim Fields, they're not really that heavy. They're curvy. No, but, but the problem is they are be. both so busty. Yeah. And in so many cases on certain body types, busty translates into just looking large. Mm-hmm. And they are both at that place in their adolescence. And again, they're teenagers. So their bodies and- are changing. You put anybody in white pants and they're going to look like they have a huge ass. You know yeah. what I mean? So 
it just maybe not a white apron something like just the apron that ties around the waist but the below the below the waist apron not the one that wraps over the boobs and comes <laughs> around the exactly. neck the basically is a, a relief map saying breasts yeah. it's like <laughs> oof. you could show a movie on natalie's tits wearing this <laughs> <laughs> yes wearing- but let's so. find ourselves mesmerized by the breasticle factor for too long. Who enters yeah. the store? Matthew. Uh, the very dark blonde comes walking in. And this is not my favorite hair color of hers. Yeah. But I'm so happy. And she's got Bootsy with her. This is our first introduction to Bootsy. The wonderful Jamie Gertz. Isn't it? Isn't it yes. Bootsy? Bootsy, yes. So, yes, Blair's hair is a deeper golden blonde. I mean, it just looks almost mousy brown to me. Like, she and Natalie have the same hair color, almost. But this is just, yeah, this is a very toned-down, deep golden blonde. And, yeah, it is definitely darker than it was last season. And uh, I'm I'm very sorry that you're not happy with it. I'll be sure put that in with my notes in the time machine and she is with the wonderful jamie gertz in the role of boots saint Clair, (laughs) commonly called bootsy bootsy james brendlinger loves jamie gertz so james brendlinger previous guest of the show will be very excited about this this is her first of only four appearances i thought she was on the show more Hmm. But I don't I didn't remember her being on the show more mm-hmm. than a couple times, but um, I like her. I wrote down that she knows why she's there and she's playing the character exactly as she's written. Like this could have gone either way. Like she could have been like uber irritating. Yes. But, but instead, she really plays it like this is who this person is. Like complete unself awareness, and it would have been easy for her to go overboard and made her completely unlikable. But she's yeah. likable. I like yeah, her. I think so too. For the most part, she is likable, and she had already done square pegs at this point. Square pegs had already gone off the air. Uh, just to do a little quick recap of the Jamie Gertz thing, uh, she is uh, she was originally in movies like The Lost Boys and Less Than Zero. That's what kind of originally put her on the map. Hmm. And then after this, she would go on to play Gilda Radner in the TV movie biopic. It's always something. And I remember being very disappointed. Of course you were. What a thankless job. It's like, you know, poor Francis Fisher playing Lucy in the Lucy. Lucy It's like. And Denny Dillon playing Roseanne. Oh, Jesus God. Yeah. Jamie Gertz did the Gilda Radner movie. And I remember it was uh, it was um, sad. You know, it was a good the story. And of course, I'm just the Gilda Radner story is devastating anyway, because I idolized her. And God, she left us far too soon. Oh, Gilda Radner. Every time I think of her, all I can think of is life isn't fair because Gilda Radner's dead and Chevy Chase is still alive and allowed to make movies. No. (laughs) 
Stop. That son of a bitch. No. Ugh. No. We Go are on. kinder than that on this show. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying it's untrue. By every account, he is absolutely impossible and horrible. Ugh. But not going to reinforce those rumors no. that no. we know are true. How do uh, these rumors get started, David? Because I've never heard them. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Jamie Gertz had uh, two... Uh, series from 2002 to 2006 she was in a show called still standing yes on cbs do you remember this show um i, I... will remember it as soon as you tell me who was in it it was not <laughs> still it was standing. mark addy played the husband no. mark addy is best known as the fat guy in the full monty and it was just a family comedy about a uh, dad and mom and some kids and i don't really know much else of what's there and then uh she did a few episodes of entourage and then 2012 to 2014 she did a series called the neighbors i had never heard of this mm-hmm. i remember it it takes place in new jersey mm-hmm. and it's about a family in a townhouse community where the residents are all from another planet yeah yeah but anyhow those those two series those are she she racked up some episodes there and uh that's where she made some money so good on you uh we like you and and of course uh, the movie twister she was the new fiance of bill paxton yes bill paxton god lost it and uh yeah that was another big one for her in the movie twister so anyhow we like the jamie gertz and we're happy to have her with us sure and uh, Blair is dressed in a green velvet blazer. And apparently they equate sororities with wearing a lot of plaid. Yes. I wasn't really aware of that. I Is that a thing? You're asking the wrong person. <laughs> I'm going to surprise you here and let yeah. you know that I was not in a sorority in, <laughs> in college. But were you aware of sororities and how the girls dressed? Because I no, no. I mean, and it could just be plaid was a thing. But I mean, to me, plaid as a uniform is that's that's your Catholic schoolgirl thing. That's mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And she does talk about knee socks and stuff. Yeah, knee socks and yeah, it's it's got a. There are times when you're like. To the writers, you want to say, you do know that college is different from high school, that they don't have chaperones and curfews and uniforms. And uh, anyway, regardless, Blair is wearing a red plaid skirt, which in combination with her green velvet blazer, she is ready to escort the children to Santa's lap down at the local mall. Yeah, yeah. Just give her a a set of bagpipes and and she's (laughs) ready to play green sleeves. (laughs) now before we continue with any more of the plot i have to say this is hands down my favorite mrs garrett hair season yeah they seem to have finally figured out they let out her balloon knot (laughs) (laughs) Are you okay? (laughs) (laughs) I'm glad I... I I love you so much. (laughs) No, her bun does not look like a balloon knot anymore. (laughs) Uh, 
<laughs> oh god. It's and it's not this big tight cats and jammer kids thing on the top of her head and overly right. sprayed and it seems like we finally have some layers in the front and we also have just the right amount of back combing and size and then there's not really a bun it's more of a tighter curl ponytail that sort of doubles as a bun but the whole thing just looks looser and freer and more relaxed she it will get you will like it more Mm -hmm. as the seasons go on yeah because eventually Uh, she does take the length off i know yeah but this is like it's almost like cut like how you know how in this season joe lets her hair down it's almost cut like joe's hair was in high school usa it's almost that kind of yeah yeah shoulder length permy kind of yeah Mm -hmm. so you'll get you'll enjoy mrs garrett's hair the farther you get into season five and six so bootsy is the president of the sorority that Blair is pledging. And that sorority is what sorority, Matthew? Gamma Gamma. <laughs> because Blair later on in this episode sings their theme song, Gamma Gamma, Gamma Gamma. <laughs> I have a note about that where I'm like, sorry, what was that? <laughs> what? It is so fucking weird. Anyway, so what, talk about what to you talk for a while. What is okay? What are, well, I wrote down something because <clears throat> what the point is, and I mean, let's just cut to it. Bootsy is in need of a caterer, and for the big sorority banquet where they announce the new people um, coming into the sorority, of which Blair is one. Mm-hmm. So, um, so they decide that Mrs. Garrett is gonna be the caterer mm-hmm. and this is when i wrote down one of these things that is a um a sitcom trope of when people lie in sitcoms mm-hmm. because what blair says to bootsy is um they say mrs garrett somebody says it's her first time catering something yeah and she goes it's my first time and bootsy says your first time and then it suddenly becomes her first time um, where she's looking forward to it, right, everybody? Yeah! And it's like, do they not think that we're not smart enough as viewers to know that, I mean, we know Miss Garrett, we know Edna Thetables. Yeah. Um, to, for her to have said that bluntly, like, seriously, like, rather than everybody looking around and being like, right, everybody, her first time, where she's looking forward to it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I could have done without it. I could I could have done without that kind of fake acting because you know how I feel about Tootie and her acting. There's another scene coming up where she lies oh, and yeah. it's just Yeah. So this deal of Mrs. Garrett quickly stepping in as the caterer for this party tomorrow night. Yeah. Um it, we we find out that the caterer uh that they were going to use went out of business. And Bootsy says they did a clam bake for the young Republicans and everyone yes. went home with Tomaine. Yeah. And I'm like, so clearly it was a Democratic uh, caterer. I yeah. support them. And, and also, one thing can send you out of business, apparently, in Peaksville or in yeah. Peekskill. Yeah, the, the, <laughs> <laughs> the tight 
catering competition market that is Peak Scout. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But I do love, and just so the viewers know, um, they offer $300 to cater the event. Mm-hmm. In today's money, that is $725. Okay. So. And that's pretty good. That. And Mrs. Garrett seems to feel like she can do it. So they're like, okay, great. It's going to happen. My next note, Matthew, was mm-hmm. doesn't ask how many people, question mark, question mark, question mark, doesn't ask menu, question mark, question mark, question mark. Well, she doesn't that's- ask menu because that's the plot point. Exactly. We learn later that there's that that's yeah. important that she doesn't ask. But I still have a problem that she didn't ask. <laughs> Just going on record saying that. Um, oh, oh, and um, Bootsy offers 200 and it is Joe who talks her up to 300. Yeah. So, again, Joe, the ball busting uh, bean counter, <laughs> right. keeping the business on track and keeping the profits high. So we like that. <laughs> So basically, Blair is very, very nervous. She wants to get into Gamma Gamma so badly. And Bootsy is fucking with her and saying, you do know how many no votes it would take to keep you out. And Blair says, a lot. And Bootsy's like, one. Just the one. Just the one. And it's like, oh, fuck. So, uh, and then Bootsy says, oh, I've got to go. I'm late for my squash date. (laughs) <laughs> do people play squash in peak skill uh, well if they're not wearing plaid they're playing squash mm-hmm. is what i have discovered so we're already um, um this next scene after bootsy leaves this is when we find out that it's important to blair to get in there because she's a legacy because her mom was a gamma 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 and her grandmother was a gamma 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 and and she talks about how excited she is to not be living in the dorm anymore. And I brought up, um, I wrote down, she talks about her neighbor listens to. Um, oh, the soundtrack to Conan the Barbarian. Bless. I feel like there was a missed joke here for Joe. I'm just going to say that and then I will bring it back up later on in the in the podcast (laughs) okay (laughs) code in the barbarian album missed joke for joe put a pin in that dear listeners okay (laughs) so um uh, the scene basically ends blair does say to tootie and natalie that she misses them and she even says turns to joe and says i almost miss you too um and then uh, yeah pretty much it's just her saying she's got to get out of the dorms and the scene ends yeah. So then we begin the next scene. It's a little bit later, later the same day. And they are preparing for what they're making for this sorority party. Yes. And, and this running joke of Mrs. Garrett is using a celebrity cookbook. Yes. Boy, do they work hard and to get the jokes. put enough sarcastic quotes around celebrities, mm. but I think they were in on it. I feel like the celebrities they mention are all like meant to give us a laugh. D-list, yeah. So it's like, I'm making enchiladas by Don mm-hmm. Ho. Yeah. They're like, Don Ho, enchiladas? Does that make sense? And she says, you should have had the matzo balls I made. The recipe was from Charo. <laughs> yes. 
And dear listeners, if you are not following Charo on Instagram, you are missing out. Oh, she posts these videos and she's just, she's Charo. She's fucking delightful. So the next scene, while they're doing all this preparation, Blair comes in and is like, oh, good, you're all working. And Mrs. Garrett is like, yep, we're making enchiladas and tacos and refried beans. And Blair has a fucking conniption. And her argument is those foods were so fashionable last month. Last month. Yeah, those are last month's foods. This month, this month, it needs to be Chinese food. It has to be. Yeah. And you just want to slap Blair. Blair is absolutely insufferable. It it is a terrible scene for Blair. However, she is right. Mrs. Garrett, you've been hired to do this catering, but we haven't talked about menu yet. Yeah. You know what I mean? I'd be pissed if I hired a catering staff and they came to me and said, here's your menu. I'd be like, whoa, wait a minute. Yeah. But, but that's it. You wouldn't, you wouldn't freak. And if this person was your friend at the very least, you would say, Oh, ah, what gave you the idea that I wanted this? Was there a miscommunication? I don't remember ever telling you this. Right. The conversation would have gone differently if it was the friend. Exactly. I agree. Yes. And so, uh, I love how Mrs. Garrett decides that Mexican and she, uh, the, the way she says it, enchiladas, refried beans. Yeah. Her line readings in this episode kill me, and there's a couple of them. But I love how she says, and it's nutritious too. Yeah. It's Is a- it? <laughs> Cover it in like, sour cream. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know how nutritious enchiladas and refried beans are. I don't know. And the other girls all try to step in as this argument escalates. All of them. And it does 0.0 good. But does it, did you feel like the girl's reaction was a little bit overboard in how all of a sudden Natalie goes, calm down, Blair. And then it's calm down, Mrs. Garrett. And I didn't feel like it escalated to the point where those two should have been that adamant about them calming down you know what i mean i I don't know i i did i hated watching these i watching them fight i hated that the reason i enjoyed it was because mrs garrett has a flaw Mm -hmm. oh okay suddenly she didn't take a breath and handle this like a professional Mm -hmm. so i wasn't i wasn't mad at this scene because i was i actually wrote down finally a flaw Mrs. Okay. Garrett has her first customer and she flips out like this. Yeah. Okay. I will I will give you that. But the the, the argument escalates to um what well, I thought Mrs. Garrett says, I thought you had faith in me, and Blair fires back, Well, clearly you're a nutritionist, not a caterer. And yeah. Mrs. Garrett's like, So you're saying you're sorry you hired me. And Blair says, You're Fired. Yeah. And Mrs. And Mrs. Garrett, Garrett goes, fine! And goes running into the living quarters. Storms out. And the others are like, Blair, what the fuck did you just do? And they say out loud, you just fired Mrs. Garrett. Yeah. Like the weight of this moment, like, what? And she says, none of us have even ever, you, none of us have ever fought with Mrs. Garrett. None of us have even thought about it. And I wrote down, they fought with Mrs. Garrett before. A little bit. 
know, there's been times when they've not been kind to her. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Tootie decides to be the the go-between. She's yeah. going to fix it. And this is, again, Kim Fields acting, mm-hmm. um, where she's got a lie. And it's just nobody would take this lie. Nobody would, the way you're delivering it, Tootie, we as audience members know you're lying. We yeah. know. Exactly. It doesn't have to be looking around and looking behind you and not making eye contact to the point where you're turning your back on people that you're talking to. It's just ridiculous. But anyway, so she goes into the living quarters to talk to Mrs. Garrett because she's going to get her on her side. Yeah. And, and because Blair says, well, I'll say I'm sorry if she'll make Chinese food, if she'll change the menu. Right. So Tootie goes in. And this is the first time we're seeing the living room and the house in the back of the store. How does that make you feel? Oh, it's like going home. Oh, it's like seeing home. <laughs> it's so comforting. It's like a warm hug. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love yeah. it. And love it. again, we've lived there. We've lived there, what, three weeks now? Yeah. Fully decorated head to toe. Not a carton to be unpacked. No. Nope. Not a not a curtain to be hung or a, a doorknob yeah. to be polished. God bless. From complete building, from what we understand. Like, it was completely gutted. I mean, when she walked into that storefront, it didn't have a window, for God's sake. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, yeah. So, like, a completely gutted building has been completely refurbished in two weeks. Amazing. Mm-hmm. There's a great line reading. So my another favorite line reading. Oh, now she's talking about me behind my back. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, God, Edna. Because Tootie inadvertently repeats words that Blair said, that she's being thoughtless and stubborn and self-centered. Yeah. And, and, uh. So Mrs. Garrett then gets and it just escalates and Tootie has basically made it worse. And as Mrs. Garrett storms up the stairs, she says, I have feelings, too. Yeah. A flaw. Thank you, writers, for yeah. giving Mrs. Garrett a chance to be a human. Yes. And I'm not mad at her for these reactions. I'm just saying, finally, I was happy to see Edna have a a visceral reaction to something yeah like that mattered what i would have loved is if there was something that gave her the impression that mexican food was called for and the fact that it just was completely out of the blue that she made the menu and even if she said well blair you're only giving me 24 hours notice this is the only thing i can make on such short notice i really didn't think you guys were being picky about it because I'm on such a time crunch. That would have been okay to hear and her say that. And she does say that to Blair. She does say that. She says, um, she? when she says, we didn't talk menu, she goes, oh, I know, but it, it, we, had, we had so little time, I wanted to get cracking or something. Oh, okay. She does acknowledge right. it. Okay. I guess I wanted a little bit more of that. Um, then Tootie goes back to the store, and yeah, Tootie does the lying thing well you want results i get results Uh, she's gonna do chinese food yeah Yeah. that's the 
ticket. So Blair yeah. and Blair says, I'm going to go thank her. And Tootie's like, oh, no, uh, she's getting busy and you should go. Yeah. And Blair leaves so. singing the Gamma Gamma theme song. Yes. Which, what, would you sing it for us again, Matthew? Of course, in case you in case you didn't hear all the words. Um, gamma, 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 gamma. That's it. You're welcome, America. Uh huh. And then you can that you can find that on iTunes. <laughs> so before we go to commercial, the final thing is Tootie hatches the plan of you know what? Here's what's going to happen. We are going to cater the party. Mrs. G is going to get paid. Blair will get into the sorority and everyone's going to be happy. Right. And Joe says, or the other version of the events as they might go, it's going to be a disaster. Mrs. Garrett never works again. And you disappear off the face of the earth. <laughs> yeah. Joe becomes Bowser from Shanana. Do, do, de, do, do. Um, <laughs> and so with that, it's like, yeah, this could really blow up in our faces. Oh, no. Commercial. Yeah. What's so. going to happen next? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so we come back from commercial. We are at the sorority. Yes. Not an now, easy word to say. You don't get the full effect of the wallpaper. Oh. So when you watch it, look at the wallpaper behind them and you're like, oh, (laughs) you don't really notice that it doesn't stand out as like god awful, frightening wallpaper. But wait, buckle up, dear listeners. Holy shit. (laughs) It's this fucking wallpaper. I did go back and look. Yes. I did too. I did too because it doesn't. Make you go, whoa, until the next scene when they're all coming in and you see all that wallpaper and you're like, oh, my God. Yeah. So Joe and Tootie and Natalie are at the sorority. They are catering. They're doing the work. Yes. Uh, So they managed to do all this in Mrs. Garrett's kitchen at her place of business Mm -hmm. over the last 24 hours without Mrs. Garrett noticing or knowing. Right. Okay. Okay. Sure. And they admit to, and I, again, just, come on, just ridiculousness. Like, um, they said they they substituted ingredients. And they made they, sweet sour sauce out of vinegar and Ovaltine. And Ovaltine. Come on. Yeah. Just, come on. They, yeah. And they said, what about the lemon chicken? And Joe says, well, you burned the red and white bucket. And Which, that doesn't get a laugh. That does not get a laugh because people had to think it like red and what? Oh, it's a KFC joke. Right. Which made me beg the question. Why didn't you just go to a Chinese restaurant? Mm-hmm. If you're going to go to Kentucky Fried Chicken to get chicken, why wouldn't you just go to a Chinese restaurant and order a fuck ton of food? I, I don't. That, so well, I get the, it. This is, it's Otherwise, the Mrs. Doubtfire. Right. We'd have no plot if they did that. I get it. Well, it's the Mrs. Doubtfire thing of that first night when he makes that gorgeous gourmet meal. Right. Or it's like, okay, you are doing this and you are working at the TV studio because you have no fucking money. And yet you ordered a meal delivery. And at the time, I think it was like a hundred bucks for the meals for all five of them, which was a lot of money. Yeah. And it's like, where the hell did Robin Williams get five? Get a hundred dollars to spend on the food. Right. Uh, anyway, um, 
So then we get this barrage of jokes relating to that celebrity cookbook <laughs> yes. earlier. So they say, okay, we've got the David Bowie wonton. Yes. The Barbara Mandrell and the Mandrell sisters chow mein. <laughs> yes. The Ricardo Montalban chop suey. Yes. And the Mr. T fried rice. But then, like we talked about before, how for some reason they will just use the wrong quote. Oh, yeah, yeah. And so, yeah, then Natalie, what does she say? She picks up the the Mr. T fried rice Mm -hmm. and she goes, "Um, this is my fried rice. Eat it. And the audience lost their mind like it was funny. But shouldn't she have said... I pity the fool that doesn't eat my fried rice. Exactly. You are a hundred percent right. I don't understand why. Pity they, the fool. Yeah. Was that not like a, or or even like now we know like to put in like a eat my fried rice, stay in school. You yeah. know, like anyway. But yeah, no, you're totally just, right. And 18 was huge. Like that. That was this was that yeah. was the sleeper hit of last season that broke into the top ten for NBC, and it was a mid-season replacement. So A Team was this very big, unexpected phenomenon. Well, um, and he had done DC Cab, and he had done um, um, Rocky Rocky Three Three. So it, there was nobody that didn't know what Mr. T who Mr. T was in 1983. Yeah. But yeah, she did the joke wrong, and yet yeah. it still got a laugh. None of the yeah. other references I did got a laugh. None mm-hmm. of those other celebrity mentions, 0.0. 0. It was like, <laughs> those, you I, could tell I you laughed. engineered. <laughs> I laughed. And they said the Mandrell sisters. Chow me. I, like, I, I laughed. <laughs> but the but, thing is... But the reason they're saying all that is because they decide to hide the food and yeah. they're passing it to Tootie. Who then again? Was this a choice? I wrote. I wrote a whole thing about this. Tootie decides to. They say, let's move all of the gross food to the back. Mm-hmm. So they all do a, a assembly line of handing the food down to Tootie, who's at the end of the table, and she puts stacks them on top of each other. <sighs> like I just, I just, what? Like I wondered if that was like a a directorial choice. Like if they were like, wouldn't it be hilarious if I stack these on top of each other? And they're like, yeah. yeah, leave it in. But it just, it, it in the, again, use your brain, Tootie. You're not going to put plates on top of each other. And you are representing Mrs. Garrett's Edna's Edibles. So think a little bit, for Christ's sake. Yeah. But anyways. And, and that relates to the next. That. <laughs> Clearly. You do not stack your plates around Matthew, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Thank you. But it relates to the other thing of they, they basically say they know the food is bad. Yeah. They say, hide it. Maybe if we hide it. And then they stand in front of the table. Mm-hmm. This is where comedy fails. Mm-hmm. It's like your comedy has got to be rooted in some form of realism. Yeah. It's like this, you are serving this food and they're going to eat it. You're not going to stand in front of it and they're going to forget that there's food. <laughs> it's, just, it's just like, come on, you need to have it even the slightest bit connected to logistical human thought. Correct. And this this humor is not. So then Bootsy and the girls enter. They descend the staircase. All the girls who are pledging the sorority, Bootsy, Blair included. And this is where we get the first shot of the, the wallpaper above the wainscoting 
is all the way up to the ceiling over the stairs. So it's two stories worth. And Matthew, describe this wallpaper, please. I can't. It is dark blue (laughs) with like white lightning streaks through it. But it is just garish. I like it's, the pattern is huge. It is a full huge. print. Here's what I thought it was. To me, it looks like uh, uh it looks like a lie detector test. Yeah. You, know, you know when there's the the very heavily dense zigzag up and down, up and down. <clears throat> yes. It's like tightly compressed zigzags in white on a navy blue background. Yeah. It's a lot. It's crazy, and it doesn't scream. You know, sororities, yeah, they're steeped in tradition, but it doesn't scream style. It seems like it's it's like a funhouse kind of a look. Yeah, and it's loud and it's yeah. not relaxing at all. I just, I it was a very strange choice for me. Does Beetlejuice but, live there? I mean, but what? more strange for me was when she comes down the stairs leading this group of forty-year-old women. I'm sorry. <laughs> 20-year-old women from 1983. You just um, made me snarf my fresco. <laughs> did anybody in that group look under the age of 45? <laughs> it looked like a group of librarians it's taking true. a tour of a funhouse. But um, her, her line is, and now the highlight of our tour. Really? The living room is the highlight of your tour? And second of all, how did they get in there if they haven't seen the living room yet <laughs> did they come in the window <laughs> they're coming from the second floor so i just i was wondering like where did the tour start if they mm-hmm. are coming downstairs to see the living room for the first time and it's the yeah. highlight of the tour yeah. i don't get it and i mean we're talking the plaid the sweaters oh, the sweater the vest high neck collars yeah, the sweater's tied around the neck, and I mean, and oh, here's another thing. I don't know if it's here or if it's earlier, where Bootsy says top drawer, mm. where they're trying to do that sort of rich people preppy like talk. Mm-hmm. It's like top drawer. Didn't Patrick Dennis say that in Auntie Mame in 1958? I, I'm pretty sure. I'm yeah. pretty sure. Well, the 80s. Like, she might as well have said, "This is the cat's pajamas." Yeah, <laughs> exactly. And now the ginchiest part. Uh, <laughs> this is actually a good joke where she says she's making these comments and even has Blair introduce the food. Yeah. Like it's a big fucking deal. And every time they make a comment, Joe and Tootie and Natalie make a wise crack about how shitty and awful the food is. And the one that I like, Bootsy said, oh, it just looks top drawer. And Joe says, yeah, it is, next to the socks. Yeah. (laughs) Hilarious, Joe. I know. But, okay, but we haven't discussed it. We haven't stopped this plot train here, Matthew, to discuss. Why is the food bad? Why? These girls, for the last three years, have been cooking enough food for a a school of 200 to 2,000 students. Mm-hmm. They can't they, boil rice. They, they don't know how to boil rice and add seed. They don't know how to follow a fucking recipe. Yeah. Even if the rest, I mean, and I don't know, is the joke supposed to be the recipes are bad because they use the Mandrell sisters? There are other cookbooks out there. Yeah. But well, it's like, 
I don't think the recipes are supposed to be bad because of the comments about how, oh, these are um, Charo's matzo balls. Yeah. Yeah. Charo's matzo balls. So I don't, I, I, it's just, again, using vinegar and Ovaltine, it, it was just so ridiculous to yeah. me that not I, 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 I can reality. Yeah. Not rooted in reality. And anything just to say, uh, I just threw some soy sauce and I wasn't sure. So I added a cup of salt. Right. That would have been something a little bit more believable, but it's like, ugh. so the fact that the food is bad and that they know it's bad is like, why? You yeah. all know how to fucking cook. Yeah. There's what no reason the it shit? should have been completely inedible, for God's no, sake. No, not at all. And did they want to try to justify it, say, well, we didn't have access to the ingredients because we were sneaking around Mrs. Garrett? Even that would have had some semblance of, well, at least we're addressing the fact that they made this yeah. in Mrs. Garrett's kitchen unbeknownst to her. But speaking of Mrs. Garrett, yeah. guess who shows up? <laughs> she, I don't know where she comes from. <laughs> the, the kitchen? Because that's not the front door that she yeah. comes in through. Maybe she came in the same door that the tour came in. I, I, I don't know. <laughs> but she comes in and... Uh, and they're like, oh, my God, you found us kind of a thing. And she's like, you left a trail of Ovaltine. Mm -hmm. uh, really? And Mrs. Garrett put two and two together. Old Sherlock Garrett over here. Yeah. <laughs> I came from my kitchen because I smelled the disaster. Yeah. You smell the disaster in the kitchen, but not while it was being made for you to walk in and say, hey, what you doing? Even if they had said a line, I can't believe we lied to Mrs. Garrett and convinced her this was for something else. Yeah. Even that, that has some semblance of sanity about it. But Mrs. Garrett is pissed. And well, she should be. She's like, you are catering. You just made food and are doing this event while using the name from my business. Yeah. And she's goddamn right. And she and she says it beautifully. You did this. <laughs> and one of them says, yeah, thanks for understanding. <laughs> well, and I love she's made the point. Natalie's made the point like we've never even fought with Mrs. Garrett. No, but we've sure fucked her over a couple times. <laughs> like we put her into some pretty awful situations a couple yeah. times. And or ignored her or marginalized her. Yeah. Or acted completely in our own self-interest with no concern for exactly. her. Yeah. <laughs> we have, we have evidence to the contrary. Um, but Mrs. Garrett says, I came here to protect my name. And, uh, she Blair confronts her and says, I'm so glad you came to your senses, blah, blah. And Mrs. Garrett tells her what is up. Mm -hmm. And then at that moment, that's when they all turn around <laughs> And and Boozy says, Warnsy, the food stinks. But it was such a great line. Just so direct. The food stinks, Warner. And I I laughed out loud because yeah. of her delivery. And I wrote down, did they miss an opportunity for one of those 80s kind of terms? And but they make up for it later. Mm -hmm. So then Mrs. Garrett doing what the girls do lies and lies badly and somehow gets away with it. 
Oh, oh, well, this food went over so well at uh, Calvin Klein's last weekend. But if the way she said it, God bless Edna Garrett, God bless Charlotte Ray, she didn't do, if she didn't have the girls behind her going, yeah, mm-hmm, yeah. I would have believed it. You know oh, what really? I mean? The way she said it, she said it very, it went very well at Calvin Klein's last week. Oh, did she deliver? I, believed, I didn't remember. Okay, yeah, I'm re- I misremembering. I believed her because the girl, but the girls were behind her going, yeah, Calvin Klein, uh-huh. everybody. That's and not a lie. Yeah, it's just such bullshit. But I yeah. would have believed Edna the way her line delivery was. Yeah. And then she says, Jackie couldn't stop raving. Yeah. And they're all like, Jackie. And someone says, Onassis or Bissett? Yeah. <laughs> and someone, I think she says, either. <laughs> they, which I love that in 1983, they're asking us to know that sorority girls would know who Jacqueline Onassis and Jacqueline Bissett were. However, and the reason I say that is because I just listened to a podcast where um, Pete Davidson was on it. Mm-hmm. And he did not know who Princess Diana was. Yeah, I heard that's... Oh, hello, right? Uh-huh. Yeah, I... Mm-hmm. Like, couldn't I, pick her out of a crowd. So yeah. I, I find it... Jackie Onassis wasn't on everybody's radar in 1983. Certainly not college girls, no. No. I mean, but they knew who she maybe was. Maybe the wealthy, maybe, I guess. I can give it because they're all wealthy. Maybe. But I don't know. I just... Mm-hmm. Again. Yeah. Nope. I agree. Another, yet another ugh, groaner from the episode. Well, but this convinces the girls are like, well, let's dig in. Yeah. And they jump on the food and then the scene is over. And now we're back at the living room behind Edna's edibles. And they are all sitting around just laughing about, ah, <laughs> wasn't that <laughs> such a, what a, Pickle we found ourselves in, huh? We pulled it off, everybody. Yeah. Mrs. Garrett comes down the stairs, and Blair does thank her. Blair says, if I get elected, I owe it to you. Mm-hmm. And then Mrs. Garrett says, if both of us had handled the situation better, it wouldn't have been necessary. And I'm like, mm. Yeah, Mrs. Garrett, you may have fucked up forgetting to ask the menu or assuming you knew and understood the menu Mm -hmm. without verifying. But the way Blair behaved was absolutely inex-fucking-excusable. Agreed. I'm like, Mrs. Garrett extending that olive branch. I'm like, no, Blair should be kissing your ass right now. Right, right. I did feel like this was the first time in the series history where Mrs. Garrett, and I don't know if it was an acting choice or not, spoke to Blair as a friend, mm. not a mentor. I think not so. Not like yeah. a like a mother figure, but as a friend. Yeah. And I like I liked that. I don't know if it was on purpose or not, but I it came across to me. Yeah. And uh, yeah, and her at the very least accepting part of the blame, but um, ugh. 
Anyhow, Mrs. Garrett <laughs> does say, I should have consulted you. And <clears throat> yes. uh, is it Blair who says, well, next time we have a childish argument, let's do it in a more adult manner. Yes. It's a great line. I really great like it. Great line. Um, so, Bootsy uh, enters. Oh, then that's right. Bootsy enters. <clears throat> what does Bootsy enter with? <laughs> Bootsy enters with, come on, Blair, we know the food was Barfo-Rama. <laughs> and I just love her. That was lovely. Barfarama is nineteen eighty-three in a nutshell. And that's what I was expecting them to say when she said the food stinks, Warnsey. And that's why I got such a kick out of that line, because it's just I don't know. Well, and that's the other thing. Let's continue to tweak this and make and compile our notes for the writers. Back to the food stinks. Yeah. Why wasn't it uh mm, uh th- this is interesting indicate that it doesn't taste the way i thought it was going to taste and then the idea that well that's you know this is the latest fashion of course anyone can do sure. chinese food but the idea of it's you know we're back to henry higgins you know eliza doolittle swears in front of the rich people and he's like oh that's the new fashionable small talk everybody says fucking cunt now in normal <laughs> society it's i'm right. paraphrasing shaw there right. but it's the same thing. Why couldn't it have just been something, the, uh, the food, hmm. Yeah. And then have Mrs. Garrett quickly uh, make the adjustment and, and get them in a place where they're like, oh, well, this if this is fashion, okay, well, we'll, we'll give it right. a little bit more of a try. Yeah. So, yeah. And then later to have Bootsy come in and say, the food was barfarama. That would be great to have her be like, yeah, you thought you fooled us. No, yeah. fuck you. Yeah. But she comes in with the with letting Blair know that she's making a personal call to um to welcome her into the sorority. She That's why been, she's there. She has been elected and accepted into the sorority. And Blair is so excited. And she says, yes, well, you know, it is a legacy because of your mother and your grandmother. It's really automatic. It was just a formality. You having to go through the motions. Now, my question was, wouldn't Blair know that? Yeah. If your mother and your grandmother were both Gamma Gammas, like, wouldn't your mother be like, well, you're a legacy. They can't not vote you in. Yeah. You know, I don't one know. One would think, one would think. Maybe uh, we should ask Melissa G about that. Melissa G, she's one of our one of our favorite people. Melissa and, um, G, I just texted. I wonder if she was in a soror- sorority. Yeah, Melissa G, let us she know. She knows how that works. <laughs> <laughs> um, so after Bootsy leaves, Blair is like, "Can you fucking believe that?" <laughs> Blair's like, "This bitch." I know. <laughs> But she's like, I've been a nervous wreck for three weeks. That's yeah. lousy. The whole place is lousy. All they talk about is clothes and money. They're so shallow. Yeah. <laughs> nice line. And she says, I don't even, I don't want to, fuck those people. I don't want to live there anyway. I'd rather live in the door. And she can't finish the word. Yeah. I'd rather live in the door. And they're like, oh, really? You think you're going to tolerate the soundtrack to Conan the Barbarian? No. And she says, oh, no, it's not Conan anymore. What is it? 
It's the Daytona 500 album. Mm -hmm. From 1974. To which, this is where the pin goes, Mm -hmm. Joe says, oh, side two is pretty good. Would it have not been funnier if she said that to the Conan O'Brien joke at the beginning? Conan the Barbarian? Yeah, Conan the (laughs) O'Brien. If she had not said, she listens to Conan O'Brien, if Joe had stepped up and said, you know, side two of that's pretty good. Oh, that would have been a great joke. Then when she said it again after the Daytona 500 album, you know, side two is pretty good. It would have been a throwback to the, I got beer. Yeah. Like that kind of joke. I thought, when I heard that, I was like, why didn't she say that about the first album? That would have given her a bigger laugh for for saying side two is pretty good. I think you're right. But that's just me. So here is where I have a big note for the writers. Okay. Uh, Wouldn't it have been lovely instead of, I've been a nervous wreck for three weeks, that's lousy, the whole place is lousy. Wouldn't it have been cool if she said straight to Bootsy, thank you, but I don't accept. And have Bootsy say, why? And have Blair say, I have been so stressed these last three weeks. I haven't been able to think. I haven't been able to concentrate. And she said, and have her say, I got into a fight with a woman who is arguably one of my best friends. And have Blair number one, indicate that part of her meltdown at the beginning, they never really explicitly say, Blair is freaking out over the Mexican food versus the Chinese food because it's all about the impression it's going to make on the party and the election and my ability to get in the sorority. They don't really drive that point home. Blair is just being a bitch. (coughs) So to have Blair own up to... uh, You guys put me in this position where I acted terribly to somebody I love. That's not cool, and I don't appreciate it. That's all. Number one, acknowledge that Blair wasn't just being garden variety, snotty, bratty Blair at the beginning. It was being driven by her nerves over this this sorority election. Do you agree? And, and to and yes I, I i do agree and and to also in that speech let the girls know that she is sorry for how she behaved yeah having without having to turn around and say i'm sorry because they're watching blair turn down something that was so fucking important because yeah. of her feelings for that would have given blair some humanity yeah absolutely yeah pushing this point over the top then we really have earned. I don't want to live at the sorority because you people are so much more important to me than any other fucking place and these people. And then that's where I have her say, it's not an issue of I don't want to go back to the dorms. I don't. But more important than that, I want to be with you guys. I want the team back together. I would have cried. I probably would have fucking cried. More than I did. More than I did. (laughs) Because I wrote down in my notes that, I mean, it satisfied me. The writers did a great job in in having Blair had to go from not at all wanting to live with these fuckers to wanting to. 
Yeah. Not necessarily needing to, but wanting to. Because she didn't need to. She could have gone to the dorm. Yeah. But or, for or her bought they, a house. <laughs> or bought this house. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um but I I I I was satisfied with they had a tough challenge to get yeah. Blair to need to want to move into this house yeah. with them. Yeah, because we, we actually have an I got ahead of us and uh, we didn't actually address what happens is Blair starts playing Pollyanna. Blair starts, I guess I'll just have to put up with the music in the dorm and be right. unhappy. And then Mrs. Garrett is like, well, <laughs> there's one other place you could live. And I do like the way they ended it. But we'd have to have an election first. Yeah. And then everybody thumbs up, thumbs up. And Joe puts up just the fist and has to force her thumb up. That was a lovely moment. I really like that. That's not the first time Joe has put up her fist and had to force her thumb anywhere. With no. I'm just throwing that out there. <laughs> I'm just letting yeah. you know. But, so, um, um, but I was happy with I, that. I uh, oof, There's a lot of logistical gaps let's say <laughs> in this episode for me so uh matthew i know you think the edna's edible seasons are some of the greatest as of this no. point oh no episodes, not some of the greatest the greatest the yeah. greatest yeah not well, some of uh yeah this one uh, has not this is not good evidence to present to convince me i did not really for how many annoying little things that could have should have been caught or corrected but let me in the writer's defense dude uh-huh. <clears throat> the past three episodes to get to this point they had to be fucking exhausted like the whole crew had to they've rebuilt this set they in three <laughs> episodes in three weeks they had to go from one set to another to another set to figure out a way to get all the girls back together Give them a break. They were tired by the time they got to the... Because you notice, like, that whole thing where she gets voted in. At this point, they were like, we got 30 more seconds. Wrap it up. Yeah, exactly. So, I don't know. I wasn't mad at them. (laughs) Yeah. And the other thing is, Mrs. Garrett does offer it as a place to live. There is no talk that you would need to work here in exchange for free room and board i mean it's like yeah or or whatever you're paying the dorm you're gonna pay me and that's gonna help me get into the black now because joe is breathing down my ass that my business isn't profitable in three weeks yeah but i mean you know i get that they're family but i also like there to be clearly this is my thing i like stuff to be rooted in reality as far as okay sure they you know this is where you live you can't People don't live places for free. It's got to be in exchange for something or you have to work. Uh, but anyway, so I hear uh, you. yeah, of the three episodes so far, Matthew, this is my least favorite, but I am very sure they have nowhere to go but up. They they don't have anywhere to go but up. <laughs> this is going to be a journey. This is going to be a journey, Matthew. Yes, it is. But. I'm so pleased and happy that uh, you were willing and wanting to be a part of this so that you can now say you have closed the loop on 
the Edna's Edibles seasons, they are now firmly established. The premise is now in place. And for your listeners that are annoyed with me and are like, "Uh, I hate Matthew Arder episodes, I'm sorry. (laughs) You will not have to listen to me for a good long time. Yeah. Oh, and uh, so many people, Matthew, are the, oh, I hate the Matthew Arter episodes. <laughs> yeah. Why have you back so often? Because people hate them. Yeah. <laughs> so thank you, David. Bye. Right. Bye. And there you have it. That was Matthew Arter. Once again, three Pete guests, first time, three shows in a row. Very cool. I always love when he's on, so that was that was really a no-brainer to have him back. That's all. This week, we're done. Next week, I'm going to be watching Season 5, Episode 4, called Just My Bill. You can watch the episode on the Roku channel or at dailymotion.com. Check out the links in the show notes or on this show's webpage, and they will get you to the episode where you can watch it for free. That's all for now. As always, stay safe and stay sane. Thank you so much for listening, and remember, the facts of life are all about you. Let's Face the Facts was produced, written, hosted, and edited by me, David Almeida. My theme song was beautifully arranged and recorded by Ned Wilkinson. Our website is facethefactspod.com. You have to drop the let's. And that's where you can find extra pictures, video, and audio extras from the digital cutting room floor. Follow the show on social media. We're everywhere under the handle FaceTheFactsPod. You can become a patron of the show by going to patreon.com slash FaceTheFactsPod. And don't forget, go to your favorite podcatchers and subscribe, rate, and review. Tune in again next week for another thrilling episode of Let's Face the Facts. (laughs) 